1: Welcome back to the show. Today we have Leah Simoncelli. She's a coordinator at Alpha Lab Gear Hardware Cup and Shantanu Bella, co-founder and CEO at Samantha Labs. Guys, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having us.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to have you guys both on the show. Um, I think what you guys are doing at the Hardware Cup is actually quite fascinating, but maybe before we kind of get into all that fun stuff, Let's get to know each one of you a little bit better. And Leah, I'll let you start off.
2: Certainly. Um, So I'm Leah Simon coordinator of Hardware Cup based in Pittsburgh, PA. Very cool. Um, I am a marketing communications person that just got really lucky and fell into the tech world and kind of fell in love with all of the things that we've got. Going on here, not just in Pittsburgh, but all around the U.S. and all around the world.
1: Okay, how did you how did you fall into uh, the space just out of curiosity?
2: So you know what, there was this. Uh, I moved back to Pittsburgh after about ten years away. Okay, and I was looking in the nonprofit world, and um, you know, doing some job searching, doing some informational interviews, and I heard about Alpha Lab here this accelerator in Pittsburgh that was working uh, specifically with physical product companies. And they had this very cool competition um, that was, you could travel all over the U S and and sort of run and do the marketing for this pitch competition. And I had events and marketing, you know, for my entire career to that point. So I said, well, I can do that. Uh, (laughs) Little did I know, you know, the incredible world that, that I was about to, Uh, to enter. I thought it was, you know, and interesting that it was a nonprofit that was working with startups. And, you know, here I am a couple years later.
1: Very cool. Um, Do you want to introduce uh, Shantanu?
2: Yes, of course. So um, the 2018 Hardware Cup this year was an international affair. um, And we have the winner of The international finals, Shantanu Bala of Somatic Labs
3: here with us today. Thank you. And uh, I guess uh, I'm the. uh, My name is Shantanu, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Somatic Labs. So uh, we've created a platform that enables communication through touch, and a lot of the technology that we've uh, designed and developed is built around an observation that a lot of the wearable devices that currently are out there on the market are almost like uh, an iPhone that's shrunk down a little smaller and then strapped onto your body. And we ask the question, okay, what does your body do best? And it feels details about your surroundings, everything from the temperature of the room you're in to, uh, you know, the seat that you're sitting in. And we've created technology that allows you to create sensations on a person's skin to communicate to them Using that channel that the body understands best, which is touch.
1: and uh, Very cool. So, before we kind of dive a bit deeper into kind of the hardware cup and, and what you guys are doing, do you maybe want to talk, give us a bit of background on yourself, kind of where you grew up, where you went to school, kind of how you got to where you are now, and some career highlights along yeah, the way? Well, definitely.
3: So, uh, the, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, a lot of the initial kind of interest that I had was just in technology generally. But, uh, when I was touring universities, uh, one of the things that uh, I did was just go locally to Arizona state university and visit a lab there and kind of get an idea of what types of technology get developed. And, uh, that was when I first got, uh, some exposure to, to haptic technology, the type of technology that I'm working on right now. And uh, I talked okay. to the lab director and said, Hey, can I work here? And, uh, um, he ended up saying yes, so I uh, started working there when awesome. I was in high school, and then continued through undergrad, just uh, working at the same lab. And uh, uh, after about uh, six years or so, uh, i you know built up a, a lot of projects that I'd worked on. You know, anything uh, related to what I was describing earlier, where uh, we'd create a bodysuit or you know a chair, gloves, different types of wearable devices that would uh, interact with your sense of touch. And uh, from there, you know, uh, I was thinking a bit more about what I was building in the lab and how it could translate into uh, real-world applications. And it became clear that there's a lot of situations where you can't look down at a phone, um, anywhere from a construction job site all the way to an astronaut flying in space. Those are all environments where, you know, you can't really pull out an iPhone and look at it you have to be aware of your surroundings and maintain that situational awareness that allows you to get your job done and do it effectively and safely.
1: Sure. So before we kind of get more into the technology, I'm always really fascinated to know how people met their co-founders because you have a couple co-founders as well, correct? Yeah, you do. So how did you meet each one of them, just out of curiosity?
3: Uh, So there's uh, four uh, of us total on the team, and I met all of them uh, at university, so Uh, One of them I I met, he uh, he worked at the same lab that I was working at, and then uh, the other two I met uh, just over the course of, uh, um, you know, going to classes and and making friends, and uh, each of them have uh, uh, a slightly different background, a mix of, uh, you know, computer science, electrical engineering, biomedical engineering, and and other interests, uh, but um, I guess the, 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 place, the exact places that I met them are, are also pretty random. I think, uh, you know, with all of them, it always started off as a, as a friendship. And then uh, a lot of the time, I would just uh, not shut up about what I was working on. And uh, eventually, <laughs> awesome. eventually convinced them that uh, they should join me too. So,
1: Okay, very cool. So how did you guys get connected with uh, Alpha Lab Gear and the Hardware Cup?
3: Yeah so this was kind of a also another random chance occurrence in some ways I, I just sort of stumbled on uh the website and decided okay hey, might as well uh submit an application and see what happens and, uh it starts off uh, as a regional event so you know we submitted a an application for the southern regional in Texas and uh okay. I uh because we were based in Arizona uh at the time um, you know, it seemed pretty easy to, to to make a trip over to Texas to, to attend that pitch competition. So we uh, submitted that application online and just, you know, uh, from there, you know, we were, were really excited when we got notified that we were invited out.
1: Very cool. So, so Leah, walk us through a little bit more kind of what uh, Alpha Lab gear and the Hardware Cup is exactly and, and how c- people can kind of uh, either join the accelerator or apply to uh, the Hardware Cup.
2: Sure. Um, so Alpha Lab Gear is actually having its five-year anniversary this year. When wow, congrats! Started, That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, when we started back in 2013, uh, we were one of four hardware accelerators in the world. Oh, wow! Um, it's you know it. It was much more common to have an accelerator that you know was either general or was focused on software, um, but it was evident fairly early on that companies that are building physical products need something different than companies that are building software products, uh, software platforms. So we started the, this accelerator here in Pittsburgh, which okay. is a hub of both the manufacturing world, you know, hundreds of years of manufacturing, sure. and also where um, Uber's got their self-driving cars, and we've got Google, and we've got Facebook, and we've got all sorts of um, very cool, very exciting tech stuff going on here. Um, So we've got that mix that's kind of perfect for physical product companies. Um, And we were seeing that investors were not, uh, hardware wasn't the first thing on their mind, right? They needed to to meet the companies and kind of have a better understanding of, you know, why is it taking so long to get to the next point? Um, You know, do I really want to invest in this? But once we had those same investors meet with our companies, they realized pretty quickly, hey, this is a great investment. We can protect the IP. Um, You know, AI and robotics are super hot. This is a really great place for me to to be putting my investment dollars. So we started the Hardware Cup four years ago as a way to showcase as many physical product companies around the U.S. as we could and then get those founders in the same room as investors and as corporate partners that can be great first customers um, and just other entrepreneurs that wanna be there and wanna see you know, the latest and greatest. So it's a format that has been really successful for us. It started out as just you know, a handful of cities around the US and we've grown it into what is now you know covering all of the United States in a regional Way And then also having international partners um, in another six countries over the past two years that will hold their own Hardware Cup event and then send their finalists to Pittsburgh for the international finals.
1: Okay, interesting. And then how do you guys kind of pick a winner? Like what made, um, you know, Semantic Labs stand out so much for you guys to actually award them the kind of grand prize?
2: So this is really interesting. Um, it's important to the Hardware Cup, you know what it stands for, that all of our judges be investors.
1: Oh, um, interesting. Okay. So
2: that's that's a requirement that we have in each of our regional competitions at our international finals. Everyone that is judging you as a company and deciding who gets a fifty thousand dollar investment is an investor. Okay. Um, So not only are they excited to, you know, see the cream of the crop in each region and at the finals, um, but you're getting that perspective, which has been some of the most important feedback that these companies have gotten. Even if they don't end up winning, you know, they're getting connected to these investors and they're getting asked these tough questions that maybe they're not being asked just when they're talking to customers, when they're talking to accelerators, that kind of thing. Um, And somatic is interesting because, you know, he did a demo and had had a product to show, but it wasn't something that, you know, he was manufacturing at scale at the time of the hardware cup. It wasn't sure. something that was really, you know, far along and, um, you know, okay, ready to go, ready to put my rubber stamp on. It was more of a, hey, this is a really exciting technology. This is something that, you know, we can see, um, have a number of applications in a number of different industries, and I think it's so great that the judges chose tech that was in that you know early stage because that's what the Hardware Cup is for. It's it's a fifty thousand dollar grand prize. It's not you know a million dollar round. It's meant to try to help you get to that next stage. So I was pretty excited that the judges could see you know from early on that this is just, this is exciting tech, this is an exciting founder, and we want to get in early.
1: Very cool. So, Shantanu, walk me through kind of how far along was the product that you brought to the hardware cup, and did it evolve over kind of since then, or where are you guys kind of at when you went there, and where is it kind of now?
3: Yeah. So, where we were at when we went there was very much, uh, after we had already designed and developed a prototype and were able to get some customer interest, but we weren't yet at the point where, uh, we had the capacity or the capital really to fulfill large orders or, uh, you know, we were kind of right at the stage where we needed to
1: raise funding. Okay. So sorry, sorry to cut you off, but when you say prototype, like how, was it basically the prototype right before it goes to production, or how far along were you in kind of that prototype stage?
3: Yeah, so uh, you know, for and this is something that Leah had uh, alluded to when it comes to hardware is that you know for us that that prototype took a good two years to to design and develop. Okay, um, and it was something that we were able to demonstrate, okay. but uh, it also isn't something that we were at a point where um, we could. Uh, immediately manufactured at scale. Okay. Uh, and so, when when you mention production, you know, one of the things that uh, happens with hardware is that the production process tends to be uh, something that uh, uh, requires uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, capital and relationships with manufacturers. Right. And that's something that we've been fortunate to be able to build over the last few months. Uh, you know, not only were we able to, to raise capital, but also um, start to build the relationships that are necessary to to bring it to production. Interesting. Um, so uh, when we applied for the hardware cup, we were at a point where we could make low volumes. So we could make a batch of ten, maybe uh, okay. twenty.
1: Okay.
3: Uh, but we weren't at a, like, a point where we could make you know ten thousand on sure. demand.
1: Sure.
3: And uh, what we had as a demonstration was a headband, and uh, this is a headband that could fit inside of uh, any hard hat or helmet, okay. uh, as well as any any kind of headset. Uh, so, uh, and that headband um, creates sensations that you feel moving across your forehead. Okay. And so, you know, what what we demonstrated during the competition was uh, the ability to tell someone, hey, there's something that you should be paying attention to your left or there's something behind you that's dangerous. Those are alerts that you get that you feel directly on the inside of the helmet that you're wearing or the hard hat that you're wearing. Okay. And, Um, that that prototype uh, is not something that was already placed inside of uh, a commercially available helmet yet, but uh, it was something that is enough for us to uh, get interest from customers as well as investors. And right now we're at a point where we've got uh, three pilot tests running with our our earliest customers, and we're working on moving that towards uh, uh, final production over the next six months.
1: Very cool. So I I know it's kind of... Hard to dive a little bit deeper into probably kind of the exact kind of feel of this thing. So I, it's like a headband that's inside a helmet, or or I guess it could potentially be in anything. But and you said it kind of gives me some sort of like um, vibration notification alert. But like, walk me dive a little bit deeper into that. How does that kind of work? Does it is it connected to my phone? Is it connected to some other device, or or how does it kind of work?
3: Yeah. So. Uh, in terms of the sensations themselves, the, the way it feels like is almost like someone taking their finger and moving it across your forehead in different directions. Okay. interesting. So if I wanted to tell you to turn left, it almost feels like someone's taking their finger and moving it to the left across your forehead. Oh, very and cool. telling you to, to pay attention in that direction. And, uh, we can also do, uh, more, um, uh, kind of complicated and symbolic types of messages too. So if you're trying to tell someone, you know, Hey, uh, you know, the, the conditions around you are dangerous. Um, we just make it feel really annoying and, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, intense, uh, the sensation that you feel on your forehead. Oh, and, interesting. um, you know, and we, we have kind of, uh, different types of sensations we could create too. Stuff that feels more kind of soothing or calming, some stuff that feels very, you know, uh, very harsh and, and, um, uh, Uh, undesirable you could say and and we kind of design that around the uh, experiences that the customer wants so um, if it's someone who's trying to deliver alerts or uh, warnings um, uh, we do connect over Bluetooth so uh, you know any cell phone or computer can send those alerts to the device okay and we're working on uh, making it adaptable to other uh, other types of communication protocols too
1: Okay. So is it, there's no audio though, right? Or there's nothing like visual, there's no screen, right? It's just like a,
3: yeah. So the, uh, the, the device doesn't have any, um, visual or auditory, uh, feedback at all. And the goal is, you know, we're targeting environments where people are wearing hearing protection or they're doing a job where, you know, they're, they have to be looking at, uh, the equipment that they're working with or, paying attention to their surroundings. And uh, in some ways, the, the way we think about the technology we've developed is you know, uh, giving you um, access to the information that uh, you need when your eyes and ears are unavailable to access it.
1: Sure. And, and then how does that kind of work with, with people with uh, like a disability or accessibility issues? Because you could do a lot of that stuff with this, correct?
3: Yeah, definitely. And that's something that
1: uh, you know in some ways we're uh
3: you know actively looking at uh partnering with uh organizations that have the expertise to to deliver that type of solution. So in some ways we've uh developed this technology as a platform that, you know, if you're um you know, a construction company you can deliver the alerts uh, for a job site. But if you're um, you know, say uh trying to help someone navigate uh. Sure. Um, with a visual impairment, you know, that's also something that you can do. And one of our customers is actually uh, developing exactly that type of application where uh, they're giving real-time navigation to uh, uh, individuals who are blind or visually impaired and uh, allowing them to understand the layout and uh, kind of the uh, uh, environment around them and how to navigate it without uh, being in danger.
1: Sure. Well, and I'm assuming, too, even if they were... uh People that are that are deaf, right? Because you could guide them if they needed it as well, right? In in certain situations, potentially.
3: Yeah, and and some sometimes we allow our
1: customers to get you know creative with the types of things that
3: they want to communicate. So uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be navigation. It could be um, even uh, even simpler things like uh, you know. Um, uh, so one of, one of the applications that we have, that's a really simple example, is uh, um, the um, uh, different emoji that you can send in a, in a text message. Oh, interesting. Uh, one, of, one of the things that we were thinking about is, okay, how do we make that something that's an accessible experience? Um, and uh, we, we've basically created sensations that correspond to the different emoji that you you can send someone. And that's uh, another kind of demonstration of how you can use the technologies you know, take something that's visual and then turn it into something that you can also feel. So someone who maybe can't see the emoji can also feel that. And uh, you know, I, I can imagine there must be similar types of applications for uh, you know other people as well.
1: Sure. Well, and I was assumed because you could easily kind of fit this headband under different types of you know like headwear, like hats, and and obviously like you mentioned, um, kind of uh, construction helmet and stuff like that. But I'm assuming you could also eventually build other uh things where i could wear something around my wrist or maybe my ankle or or somewhere else right to to give me depending on kind of what i need like i I think the the potential of this is actually really interesting
3: yeah definitely so we uh right now one of the developments that we have is uh uh, a version of our platform that fits inside of fabric oh okay interesting uh, we can embed the electronics directly inside of fabric and clothing and uh, the, the next step in some ways is, um, uh, you know, making it uh, thin enough and, and small enough that, uh, again, we, we want our customers to get as creative with it as possible. So right now we have, you know, helmets and headsets, but uh, as we make the technology thinner more durable and more uh, easy to, to embed wherever you want it to go, Uh, you know, we can basically let our customers decide, Hey, maybe we want it, uh, you know, somewhere else. And it's just a matter of, uh, selling it and stitching it into the right place.
1: Sure. So how does this all tie to the Zorb development kit?
3: Yeah. So the development kit is something that we provide right now as uh, a way for people to play and experiment with, uh, the technology and, you know, it, uh, because we, uh, are at a stage where um, we're uh, working towards, you know, uh, um, mass production and working towards scaling up production. Right. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're able to get customers on board immediately right now, so we can start getting their feedback and learn more about, uh, you know, how uh, they get the most value out of the system. So uh, the development kit is a way for them to um, basically make a purchase right now of you know, one or two or maybe 10 units at a small volume and see uh, where they where they put it, how they use it, and we can, you know, start to ask them questions that help us guide the product development. Uh, you know, one of the uh, teams that's using our development kit that we're really excited to work with is a team at NASA that's redesigning the spacesuit. Oh,
1: interesting. And
3: one of their, uh, you know, desired uh, kind of end goals is to see whether you can give someone... Uh, information about uh, things that are happening around them as well as things that are happening in the spacesuit itself. So, you know, because there's no up, down, left, or right in space, you know, you could feel the direction of the ISS relative to where you are. Interesting. Or you could feel, you know, um, changes in, for example, the pressure or the amount of oxygen you have available. Things like that can be communicated as something that, uh, again, you don't have to pull out an iPhone or an iPad, and you definitely can't do that during a spacewalk.
1: But sure.
3: uh, if your suit is able to you know, give you that information in a very intuitive way, uh, the goal is to you know, uh, improve efficiency and safety.
1: Yeah, that's that's quite fascinating actually, because there's a ton of you know industries and verticals that you guys could kind of go in based on where you put your guys' kind of hardware in into different form factors, right? Because that's quite fascinating.
0: Thanks for listening to Building the Future. This show is heard by more than a million people monthly in over 15 markets worldwide, including Silicon Valley. Kevin Horick's guests are leading business owners, successful entrepreneurs, and merchandisers worldwide. Now, your brand has an opportunity to tap into this dedicated and active group of business people who are looking for places to invest and the right opportunities to support. Find out how you can get involved at buildingthefutureshow.com. I'm curious then, where can
1: people get more information about what you guys are doing and actually get access to the development kit?
3: Yeah, so our website is zorbtouch.com. So that's z-o-r-b, and then touch, and uh, dot .com. And that, that website, uh, you know, gives a uh, an overview of the development kits that we provide and the software that we provide and uh, that, that's the, the best place to get started. But You can also just uh, send us an email on the website too and we'd be happy to, to tell you more either over the phone or over email.
1: Sure, and you guys actually have, like people can get one of the headbands, a development kit, and you guys kind of have a wristband. Um, that's pretty, pretty cool, and then obviously, um, you have like a design studio. What exactly is the design studio and how do, you, and how do people kind of use that? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, the different form factors that we provide are ways that uh, people can experiment with the
3: with the technology. So okay. the, the headband and wristband uh, can all be reprogrammed to create different types of sensations. So uh, the design studio is what allows you to kind of come up with uh, your own uh, ideas for basically feelings on your skin. So we think of it as a Photoshop for your sense of touch where you can interesting. kind of drag and drop different building blocks of uh, something that's either moving across your skin or something that feels like an intense pulse in a specific location and the, the design studio um, you can install it on uh, any computer uh, whether it's a PC or a Mac and um, you know kind of get started playing with the the sensations you want to create and then when it comes time to actually deliver those sensations um, we also provide a, an app for uh, uh, your iPhone where you can just uh, take the, the sensations you've designed in the design studio and come up with the triggers and situations where you want someone to feel those sensations and so it allows you to uh, you know, come up with ideas for what you want someone to feel and then Specify okay. When do you want someone to feel it? What is the the input? Is it an alarm? Is it a sensor that that gets triggered? Um, and uh, Is it navigation like GPS where you're trying to tell someone to turn right turn left? Uh, all of those uh, um, Parts of the process uh, are enabled by the software
1: Very cool. So so Leah, I'm curious then to step back to you a little bit how do you guys at uh, Alpha Lab Gear kind of work with companies to actually get them to a point where they could potentially apply to the hardware? Cups?
2: So, um, I mean, when we talked about early stage being the um, really the goal of the type of companies that, we're, that we want to apply, I mean we want yeah. companies that $50,000 would be meaningful to them. So um, in some cases, gotcha. you know, there's not even even a need to get them to a point where they can apply for the Hardware Cup. It's more about, you know, once they have applied for the Hardware Cup and they're kind of in our network and in our world, then what can we do? What connections can we make for them um, outside of just the, the single Hardware Cup events? And one way we do that is... The day after our international finals, we have an investor corporate day. And that is meant to be a time where, you know, at at the event itself, there's 300 people. It's super exciting. Um, You've got lots of people that wanna come up and and talk to you at your demo table. It's not really the time to sit down and have a meaningful discussion with an investor or a potential corporate partner. It's the time to get their cards so you can follow up later, right? So the day after we get those people all in the same room, but just the companies themselves, the investors and the corporates, and they have 15 minute meetings where they can rotate around the room and get to meet all of the US and international companies um, and see if there are any good fits you know, for investment now, for investment three years from now, Um, for being an early customer, that sort of thing. So that's really important to the Hardware Cup mission is that it's not just, you know, one person wins $50,000 and then we do it again next year. Um, It's meant to be something that creates meaningful relationships and meaningful connections for everyone.
1: Sure, so um, I I wanna go a little bit deeper into the Hardware Cup in a second, but you guys' Accelerator, How long is it and what, is there kind of specific things that you guys look for in companies to go through your your accelerator? Yes.
2: So we actually, just recently, um, this past year, changed up our model a bit. It used to be a 40-week, you know, once a year accelerator model where, you know, you send in your application and we do hundreds of applications. We do interviews and, and we choose about eight or nine companies. To come into the Alpha Lab Gear Accelerator, um, then we learned after a couple of years that you know while 40 weeks is important for some companies to have the time and the money that they need, um, where we're really adding the most value is the first part of customer discovery and product market fit, and then the second right. part of manufacturing at scale so we actually divided it into two separate cohorts two separate application processes because sometimes you need both sometimes you only need one sometimes you're you've already done your product market fit and you really need those connections to manufacturers sometimes you go through the market validation and you need another year before you're even ready to um, think about design for manufacturing and manufacturing at scale so in, gotcha. in dividing those up, we're both um, increasing the total amount of money that you could get because it's a separate application and separate investment for each um, right. cohort. But it's also really just how our company is getting the most out of their time with us. And the way that we're doing that is um, through those two, those two separate cohorts. So there's an online gotcha. application twice a year. Um, for the product market fit, we're looking for a really strong team, a really exciting uh, market opportunity, and, um, you know, a bit bit more than an idea, but we have even taken a couple of cases of um, a really good idea where we think that the tech will come. Um, and then for the manufacturing module, we're looking for companies that already have you know, a working prototype and paying customers and are looking to scale their manufacturing because we've got the connections to help okay. them uh, both perfect their design for manufacturing and get them hooked up with supply chain partners and and local and national and international manufacturers.
1: Got you, but I don't need to go through the accelerator to apply for the Hardware Cup, and I don't need to necessarily be a part of the hardware cup to do the accelerator, correct?
2: No, no, no. Those are, yeah. Okay. While it's the Alpha Lab Gear hardware cup and it's, you know, it's meant to support hardware companies. Yeah. Sure. There's no requirement to do
0: one or the other.
1: Okay. So walk me through a little bit more of the hardware cup and what exactly are you guys kind of looking for in that? We've kind of covered it throughout, but just so people are hundred percent clear on kind of what you guys do and what you guys look for when kind of, um, having people apply for for the hardware?
2: Um, So what's really important here is that hardware we define very broadly. So it's anything with a physical product component is hardware to us. So um, that has been fashion and that has been robotics and that has been everything in between. So just because it's not, you know, um, the highest tech, just because it's not electronics, that doesn't mean that it's not hardware. We're really looking uh, to support physical product companies.
1: Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then, how often you? How often do you guys do this? You do it once a year, yes, correct? Yes, we
2: do it once a year. So um, normally, what we do is open up applications right around December first, and it's uh, okay. an online application through F6S and. Anyone in the entire United States is um, welcome to apply. And then we'll have six or seven different regional events where from our pool of hundreds and hundreds of applicants, we'll choose six semifinalists um, for each of those different locations. Anyone that's not located in the city where the event is happening gets travel stipend just like in the case of Somatic Labs, because we really want it to be, you know, accessible to these early companies. Um, So we want everyone to be able to travel to the city where the event is happening. Um, And at each one of those events, you know, we get probably about 100 people in the audience, a mix of um, entrepreneurs and corporates and investors. And they do a four-minute pitch and then a four-minute Q&A, with our panel of judges, and they choose the winner who gets a cash prize. Um, in years past, they've gotten a SolidWorks license, um, they've gotten other, some other hardware prizes, and then the finalists from each one of those regions, plus our international finalists, all get a trip back to Pittsburgh for the
1: finalists. Oh, so that's cool.
2: kind of the, the process.
1: Okay, and then, so, um, Semantic Labs he was your grand prize winner. How do you guys kind of keep in contact with them and, and help them kind of beyond, you know, just winning?
2: So the, the first thing that happens is um, our partner at StartBot is, is the investor that puts up the $50,000 grand okay. prize. Um, so we make sure that we get them connected so they can, um, they can close that investment and they can, they can get their prize. Um, of course, the investor right. day, the day after, we um, make sure that they can meet with as many um, of the corporates and, and investors as possible. But then we also um, have some folks who watch the live stream from around the US and around the rest of the world, who, see who the finalists are. Um, and, you know, if they, they express interest, then we make those connections. Um, we hold office hours that are available all the time um, on our website to just help companies um, get connected to any resources that they need. So that same format, you know, we encourage everyone that um, applies to the Hardware Cup, participates in the Hardware Cup, and then, you know, a couple, a couple months go by and they say, you know What? We actually really need why connection now. Well, then they have that. They right. have a way of um, getting connected to us. But, um, but now we've been doing this for a few years, so we had last year's winner, um, the the 2017 winner, Virginie, actually come and uh, do a presentation this year, give everyone the update on you know what was I able to do with that investment and other investments that I've received and where am I now um, and then had her also participate in these meetings with the corporates and investors. So, you know, once, once you're in the the hardware Cup network, if there's a way that we can help you out and, and get you connected in future years, then we're happy to do that. That's all, all part of the same mission.
1: Very cool. So, Shantanu, where do you guys kind of go from here now? Like, you won the Hardware Cup, you got some more money. Where do you guys kind of go from here? Are you looking to raise more money? Where are you guys kind of at right now?
3: Yeah, so we're uh, in a situation where we've, uh, you know, just wrapped up that that round of investment. We're, um, you know, thankful that we're, uh, you know, kind of thinking through whether we want to bring on board more investors than we initially we're thinking about bringing on board, so we're about sure. to raise five hundred thousand, and uh, we have more interest than that. So, uh oh, congrats, that's, that's great. Actively, you know, considering. But in terms of our next steps, we've got a lot of customers that are really excited to to work with us. I mentioned those three pilot tests earlier. What we're working right. on is taking um, each of those pilot tests and moving them towards uh, our longer term deployment, where we can get an idea of uh, how uh, the the product itself can evolve to, to provide more value. And right. what that looks like over time is also onboarding more customers. So we've got a lot of interest in the aerospace industry. I mentioned NASA sure. earlier, but there's other aerospace companies we're in discussion with, uh, specifically related to um, uh, pilots. And so pilots and astronauts both have that, uh, a very uh, uh, stressful work environment. And that's something sure. that, uh, you know, we've been able to, you um, uh, build relationships, uh, and we're, we're looking forward to, to onboarding more customers as well. So, uh, a lot of it's just continuing to sell, continuing to you know grow the company, and make sure that we're, we're able to uh, uh, we're able to you know uh, not only build the relationships, but but deliver more products as well.
1: Sure. So, are those pilot programs in these different companies? Did are they paid, or are you guys kind of doing these as kind of a research? Uh,
3: Thing. Yeah, so they are paid and
1: that's one of the, uh, one of the things that was very helpful um, with the Hardware
3: Cup in, in the sense that uh, after, the, after the competition, um, you know, we were able to set up these pilots uh, in a way that uh, was, uh, they, they are paid pilots, but we also gave a discounted price because we were able to get that funding and make it so uh, we're, we give uh, our customers a discount in exchange for data And a really important thing for us is, you know, making sure that, uh, when we do one of these tests, you know, we're not just looking for, um, you know, making the customer more successful that that's, you know, goal number one, but we're also looking to get a a quantitative, you know, measurement of that We're you know, we want to know, okay, uh, if we're making people more safe and more efficient, we want to know how much, right. Is it, you know, they're doing their job know five percent better is it that they there's you know ten percent fewer accidents is you know what is the the number that matters most to the company and uh can we get uh you know a quantifiable value for that and that's the the goal over the next uh uh six months is getting to a point where uh, we not only have those numbers but we have uh additional customers as a result of those numbers because as soon as we can point to that number it becomes uh, you know not just a product that you can purchase but something that pays for itself where you pay a little bit of money now for the product but over time you know because everything's operating more efficiently and everything's more safe you're, you're spending less money
1: sure so is the data how does it how do I get access to the data does it like sync to the cloud at some point or how does that kind of work
3: yeah so uh, the the data in this case is actually Uh, much more uh, specific to uh, the organization in that uh, when it's, um, uh, you know, when it's an organization that's uh, um, dealing with, uh, uh, you know, high stress work environments, we look at specifically uh, accident rates, uh, failure rates, and also recognition rates. Meaning if you give someone an instruction, how quickly uh, do they, respond you know how accurately do they respond and then what is the, the rate at which you know the response is incorrect and sure. uh, it, with a lot of these environments you know you're dealing with uh, equipment that ranges from uh, you know uh, very simple to extremely complex and sure uh, that in that sense we don't actually collect the data ourselves but what we do is we uh, the, the companies we work with our customers, they collect the data uh, to understand their own business and right. we request okay. them to share it with us because we, we wanna know that we're also doing a good job and making a difference for those members.
1: Got you, okay. Yeah, well, and part of it too, I think some of the, the biggest probably hurdle for you guys, even if you decided to build something is like, sometimes those job sites aren't in, they could be pretty remote, right? Or they don't have internet access or, or maybe not even like cell phone access. Is that fair to say?
3: Yeah, and and, you know, in in that sense, we, um, uh, in some ways, uh, we we rely on our customers to provide us with that information, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely uh, what we found is that, uh, especially you know, because what we're doing, you know, provides them with value. They're in many cases excited to to tell us that. So when uh, when we've shipped um, shipped the product and they're testing it out, uh, you know we frequently have phone calls and uh, regular check checkups with our customers to, to figure out how things are going and uh, we found that they you know they uh, whenever you know we, we talk to them they're excited to tell us when things are going really great and when things aren't going great they also tell us so sure uh, you know it's it helps us a lot to to have those conversations and uh, a lot of the um, uh, the data, you know, because we because it's also important to our customers' businesses, we let them decide how much they want to share. But uh, in general, they, uh, uh, you know, they, they so far things are are going great, and we we look forward to getting
1: those final results. Sure. Well, and I think that what you guys are providing, to especially um, in the in the verticals where you're providing, um, you know, safety or um, making an environment safer for people. I think obviously most companies care about that and their employees. Right. And so, you know, having just something like that that can make their employees feel safer, I think is very beneficial. Right. And then all the other stuff that you guys are doing, if you can direct me in certain directions and whatnot is actually quite, quite fascinating. So where do you guys though kind of decide which type of, hardware I, I know you kind of mentioned sometimes it's it's a little related to what your customer thinks but do you guys give them uh, a spec and say you know you guys could kind of put this in anything whether it's clothing or in a helmet or into like a a wrist type watch thing um do you guys give them kind of like a hardware spec that they need or or how does that kind of work like if i want to put it into something that you guys haven't thought of yet? How does that kind of work? Or do I have to work with you guys to kind of figure that out?
3: Yeah. So, uh, right now, um, uh, pretty much, uh, all of our customers are, uh, working with headsets and helmets. And, okay. uh, the main reason for that is, uh, you know, the environments that I described, um, pretty much everyone in those contexts is wearing some kind of a hard hat or helmet or, gotcha. um, some type of protection. Uh, and, the reason why we provide a couple other form factors on our website is just to get people uh, thinking about, you know, other places where they can embed it. Uh, In terms of the, um, you know, longer term uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, hardware spec, uh, you know, that's definitely something that we do uh, uh, discuss in detail if someone is asking for something very different from what we already have. And as a startup, too, we end up having to make decisions. You know, sometimes you don't want to... Uh, you can't serve as every customer, right? So sometimes sure. we do yeah. get requests where we we have to say no, and uh, you know that that's something that we're uh, we, we actively think about as well as um, how do we how do we stay focused and how do we stay, you know, uh, um, how do we how do we basically stay uh, uh, on top of the the customer requests that seem to have the highest value.
1: No, makes makes a lot of sense, but we're kind of coming. To the end of the show. So, maybe, Shantanu, um, can you maybe um, mention where people can get more information about you guys and all the stuff we talked about today? And then, Leah, I'll let you do that as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. So, that's uh, our website, is probably the best place to start. That's zorbtouch.com. That's z-o-r-b-t-o-u-c-h.com And feel uh, free to send an email.
1: Perfect. And uh, Leah, do you want to close with mentioning where people can get more information about uh, Alpha Lab Gear and and the Hardware Cup?
2: Sure thing. Um, If you're interested in Alpha Lab Gear, our accelerator in Pittsburgh, that's alphalabgear.org. And if you are interested in the Hardware Cup, like I mentioned, we'll be opening applications early December of this year. That's hardwarecup.com.
1: Sure, and if people want more information before that, I'm assuming they could kind of reach out to you and, and uh, get on some sort of list or something to actually get notified when you guys are uh, actually accepting uh, registration?
2: Absolutely, yep. Our contact info is on there. You can shoot us an email um, and you can sign up for the mailing list so you'll be the first to know when it launches.
1: Perfect, guys. Well, I really appreciate you both taking time and your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day.